you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Everybody, welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live as always in New York City. It's Tuesday, December 12th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Uh, tis the part of the season where there's two games on a Monday and yeah. three on a Saturday coming up. I have to imagine that in Schrager's Fab Five, which is the top five rookies of the week, there may have been some shuffling after what we saw go down on Monday Night Football. Oh. And then there's Will Levis. <laughs> like the two of them. I, DeVito and Levis, what a treat last night. Sorry, Dolphins fans. I don't know what to tell uh, you. I was a little worried about the doubleheader Monday Night Football action, but they both delivered. Kyle, please do us the honor. Let's go. It's the kind of thing where we're like, we should always have two games on Monday <laughs> night. It should be permanent. The Dolphins are at home, and really, they're not playing the Titans. No, they're playing the Ravens. They're coming for the Ravens. They want that number one seed in the AFC. The Titans go into Hard Rock and shock the Dolphins. Two touchdown favorites. Titans get the win. All kinds of conversation about Tyreek, who was out for a huge chunk of the game. Let's go, though, to the Dolphins' side. Here is Mike McDaniel and Tua. Mike McDaniel talking about what was it like being out there without Tyreek. Obviously, a player of Tyreek's caliber. Um, it hurts when he's not in. However, I think there was plenty of offense to, to be had that, and got a lot of guys that I trust to do that. So, um I, I, I think that, you know, just bottom line, uh, you you have things like that happen in a game, you're going to lose. Um, and uh, th- those are lessons that are learned usually one way, and that's the hard one. We got to do a better job finishing the game with the time that we had while we had the ball, um, not allowing their opposing team's offense to to get that opportunity to go down and potentially score. Um, it's a team sport. Can't blame one side, but I would say from an offensive standpoint, there's things that uh, we could have done a lot better uh, to not have gone through what we've gone through tonight. AFC playoff picture as we sit here right now. Ravens are the one seed. Dolphins with the loss are still the two seed. Okay. Chiefs who beat the Dolphins over in Germany a game back are the three seed. Jaguars, the four seed. And then you look at those three wild cards. Five, six, and seven are currently backup quarterback Joe Flacco, backup quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, and backup quarterback Gardner Minshew with the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and the suddenly very much alive, now officially lurking and potentially wild card Bills. 
right there with the same record as those teams. You see a wild card matchup this Saturday on NFL Network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple tweets coming at us this morning already saying, can't wait to hear about how the Dolphins gave this one away. The first thing you're going to say, no, no, don't test us like that. We trust in Jason McCourty when, when I ask him, takeaways from the Titans comeback win. Jason, where are you going? Oh. Give Will Levis some love. He was out there running around trying to make tackles in the end zone <laughs> after interceptions, trying to run over Jalen Ramsey. He plays with a ton of fire, spunk, whatever you want to call it. You see him flexing on the sideline. He hugged a guy that was in street clothes, almost knocked him out. But Will Levis talked about, even after the game, that DeAndre Hopkins tells him all the time, just throw it up, I'm going to go get it. Can't do that all the time, but once in a while you do that. And he did that last night. It wasn't pretty, but he made the plays towards the end of the game to win. And it was his first 300-yard game. And not only Will Levis, but Mike Vrabel. And Kyle said it in the highlights where he's holding up the two fingers. They're down 14, less than three minutes to go. He said analytics research all tells you to go for two in that situation to give you the best chance to win the game. I'm like, what? Go for two? Mm -hmm. If you don't get it now, he goes for two. And he's sure that his team was going to get the ball back. They do. They score. And they win the game. DeAndre Hopkins went absolutely off. After the game, I saw someone tweet him. like, I can't believe this guy didn't sign with the Bills, uh-huh, the Chiefs, uh-huh. or the Ravens. They didn't offer, Bubba, was his response. Yeah. Tighten up. Those guys went out there. They won the game. Even with those mistakes late, the muff punt, the fumble, they found a way to grit out the win. A lot of it says about the Miami Dolphins and their ability not to close out, but give the Tennessee Titans credit for finding a way to win that game. Mm -hmm. In a season where it doesn't seem as though they're playing for much, they're fired up and they're playing hard for Mike Vrabel. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that two-point conversion decision. We look at Vrabel and we see this giant, hulking, former linebacker tight end in the NFL, and you think, well, he's all just blustered. This was so savvy analytics-wise, and at the time you're wondering, okay, you're down 14, you score a touchdown. Traditionally, you just kick that extra point, you're down seven, make a stop, get the ball. They go for two. This has been attempted only 25 times since 2018, and only two teams have won of those 25 times that have attempted this. But the analytics tell you it's what you do if you want to win in regulation. If you don't want to go into overtime, you do this. And they were feeling themselves, and then the defense had to make the stops, guys. The defense was huge here. I know, uh, you know, we talk about can Miami win the big one? Since 1976, a team hasn't lost in this fashion. Up 14 at home with this amount of time left. 76 Dolphins probably great. Yeah, the Steelers beat them. Steelers defense is pretty good. We're never going to talk about the 2023 Titans the same way as the 76 Steelers. But in this case, what an epic loss for the Dolphins. But this is Vrabel saying, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go for it. And it was actually the savvy thing by the analytics folks. 538, all those sites tell you when you're down 14 and you score and you're losing on the road, you go for two. They converted, and then they had the opportunity to get it. They stopped. They win again, and they do it in regulation. So funny to me. You say analytics tells you that, and then you say he's done 25 times and only twice. Because they don't get the ball back. They don't get the opportunity to get the chance. But it's so funny to me. Sometimes when you insert analytics and then you say the numbers, you're like, well, that doesn't really make sense because it doesn't work. But it worked last night. One in regulation, yep. I, I just love the idea that Vrabel's supposed to be pushing nerds into lockers. Exactly. I and mean, he's not yeah. like that at all. This is a disciple no. of Belichick and his learned and everything. Meanwhile, can I get some analytics on the picture between uh, Jamie and Jason right now? I mean, th- that, give me some analytics on this that. That's a shot. Look, <laughs> come on. Give me, get, look at, get look at the size of the artery going through this bicep. <laughs> this looks like the Lincoln Tunnel on this thing. My God. You could do peddling bachelorette parties down Broadway, down that thing. And Will Levis. I'm going to talk about him significantly in the Angry Runs portion of the program. Um, 
Very, very excited to watch him. He has almost Jameis-like potential in that you mm. can't take your eyes off him, even when it's going badly. When he threw the interceptions to the D lineman and tried to tackle a guy 80 pounds more than him five yards deep in the end zone, that's just him. But I think we have to talk about Miami. Um, this is the folly that we do in the league where you look at someone's remaining schedule and you say, oh, that's a win. That's yeah. a win. It's, it's not. The games are hard. Ten, nobody, nobody looked at Miami's remaining schedule and was like, well, they'll lose at home to the Will Levis Titans. They, nobody. So Titans and Jets. They said two wins. That's it. Yeah. It's simple. And yeah. now they're probably going to do it again with the Jets next week. But, look, I, I don't know who, who ESPN, I, I'm sure they all picked the Dolphins. And, of course, I would have picked the Dolphins, too. It's complete folly. You cannot do that. And we as a show should remind ourselves not to assume wins. Couldn't close it out. And now they're going to have to answer all these questions about really how good are they? Are they fake good? All that stuff that they've had here all year long. I do want to say one thing about Tyreek. I've seen takes this morning that he's out of the MVP race. If you're really genuine about this, last night should have helped them in the MVP race. I am a big fan of putting the word valuable into MVP. It has become just a stat race. Just have the biggest numbers. And Tyreek's never going to win unless he has 2,000. Last night showed his value more to this team than some of the games where he's had 150 yards and a touchdown. They look totally stagnant without Tyreek. And McDaniel saying afterwards, there's plenty of guys out there to run the offense with. And I agree, but it didn't look great. Tua lost a lot of his moxie when Tyreek was out of there. And I think that showed Tyreek's value. So you voters, just be a little open-minded, a little creative about what value really is. When the guy's gone, we're spinning our wheels. I think it was a good night for Tyreek's MVP, but they're not going to see it that way. Uh, Back to the Lincoln Tunnel artery, just with Will Levis. This shot is actually mid-him approaching Mike Vrabel Uh for a hug that was between a man wearing full pads Mm -hmm. and a head coach that is not wearing pads, yet still looks like he could take on a hug like that. Like those two, the scenes that we had from rookie quarterbacks last night hugging their head coaches, Mm -hmm. We're going to get to Tommy DeVito and Brian Dable in just a second. <laughs> but that is fantastic. The, the Titans hadn't won a road game yet this season. Yeah. They had it, mm. was, it was hard for them oh, away from Tennessee. 14 points with two minutes. 240, 240. <laughs> and the, the guts and the reliability and I thought the veteran presence of both Derrick Henry, despite it just being in the red zone, Derrick Henry having kind of a challenging game but being able to punch things in, mm-hmm. he, I think they both paced, and DeAndre Hopkins paced Will Levis in a way that he really needed. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins, though, on the flip side, to not only give up 14 in 240 but to also not be able to get a first down yeah. in that interim possession. Situation. Jason, not only do they have to play the Jets next week, mm-hmm. they got to go um, Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens in the two weeks after that. How much focus should there be for them on we want the first place um, in the AFC or – we got to focus on some things. Do you know who they finish with? Yeah. Which got real interesting. The Bills. Yeah. The Bills. <laughs> that got real interesting. Yeah. Yes, it did. The Bills are because you are can't right just there. have Tyreek standing next to you in that game potentially. Like you this gotta... is the way it works. Like if the Dolphins lose on the road in the wild card or wherever it may be, you look back to that Titans yeah, game. We had it. And listen, my take is I, would, I think the Dolphins have the number one home field advantage. I would much rather, as a player, Jason, you tell me, yeah. go to Buffalo or go to someplace like Cincinnati. Or Kansas. You can play in the cold. The hot sucks, and the players are on record that they hate it. So that's the last place you want to go. I hope for the Dolphins' sake that didn't cost them last night. But yeah. it's tough. So Home field advantage meant nothing last night. I know. No, for, for real. And you're talking, especially some of those teams you're talking about that are used to playing in a cold weather, ha- cold weather having to go to Miami, to your point. Mm-hmm. They absolutely hate it. New England always struggled. And that game last night takes me back to, I remember in 2019, true. the Dolphins beat us. I was playing for New England. They beat us at home in a game where Gusecki makes the game-winning touchdown. That next week, I remember being in the locker room, and the entire team was deflated. The Titans come in the next week in the wild card, and they win that game mm-hmm. against us. And if we would have won that game against the Miami Dolphins, we get a first-round bye. Right, I remember that game. 
same game. And it was so deflating to the team of realizing what that meant. Mm -hmm. And you look at that Miami Dolphins team, two teams that were involved back mm -hmm. in 2019. One gets to win, one loses. For Miami, home field advantage could go big. The mm -hmm. season is so long. It can be so mentally taxing. And if you don't have to have the mental load in yeah. week 16 through 18, you shouldn't have to. But the Dolphins really didn't do themselves a favor last night. Tom Pelissero, good morning to you. Our NFL Network insider is coming to us from Texas at the NFL League meeting for the winter. Uh, what is the latest, though, with a few injuries as we look ahead already to Week 15? Well, Jamie, let's start with Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, who saw multiple hand specialists on Monday for that fractured index finger on his throwing hand. Now, Coach Brandon Staley would not entirely rule out Justin Herbert for Thursday night's game against the Raiders, but given the circumstances, the likelihood of surgery for Herbert at this point not expected to be out there, that would put Easton Stick into the lineup in what is certainly a must-win game for L.A. to keep their faint playoff hopes alive. The next question would be, do we see Justin Herbert again this season? That's going to be determined in part by how this injury heals, but also are the Chargers still alive by the time that he potentially could get cleared? Vikings wide receiver Justin Herbert has, or excuse me, Justin Jefferson has a really good chance to play on Saturday against the Bengals according to coach Kevin O'Connell despite ending up in the hospital on Sunday after taking a huge hit to his chest and rib area from Raiders safety Marcus Epps. Now, my understanding is Jefferson underwent a battery of tests at the hospital. It was as a precaution. There was a little bit of concern. They wanted to rule out, did he have any damage to his lung or anything else? Passed all those tests, was allowed to fly back with the team, avoided a significant injury here. So obviously, great news for the Vikings, who already played seven games without Justin Jefferson this season. Got him back just for a couple of drives, lost him again, but he should be out there this week. The Steelers, meanwhile, will not have their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, once again as he recovers from ankle surgery. Not a surprise, this will be the second consecutive game that Pickett has missed. There is a possibility he could get back after this week and for a Pittsburgh team that, despite their recent struggles over the past couple of weeks, is still in the thick of the AFC playoff chase. Coach Mike Tomlin said Mitch Trubisky once again will get the start. Obviously, Trubisky struggled out of the gate last week, but Tomlin said he played better in the second half of that game. They're hoping with a full week now of preparation, or as close to a full week as you're going to get with a Saturday game, Trubisky will be that much better. They also obviously have Mason Rudolph available if needed. Let's get into the Packers and Giants. DeVito family, Brian Dable, hugs, celebrating with the team, finding a way to get the victory. The Giants were going to win this one 24-22. We have to go listen to what Tommy DeVito had to say when he was asked if he likes having the ball in his hands on a game-winning drive. I mean, you enjoy it when it's an outcome like this, right? Um, I mean, I enjoy being on the field any play, no matter what play it is, so I'm just trying to enjoy it. I think in every game we've played this year that we showed that we never gave up on any snap, no matter what the score was, never looked up at the scoreboard, just kept on fighting each and every play, each and every game, and you know, it's starting to come to fruition with some of these games in the past now, and uh, I'm just going to keep trying to go 1-0 each week. Did you happen to see the clip at all? I think it was after your touchdown pass of Sean, your dad, and your brother. I did not. They were what celebrating, gave each other kisses on the cheek. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go find that one after this. I'm sure it was pure they're, comedy. They're gonna, they're gonna be famous now. <laughs> it's good for business. <laughs> hey. Damn right. Uh, you talk about leaning in. The DeVito family's leaning yes. in, and God bless them. 
Uh, the Niners clinched a playoff spot with the way things worked out this week. Congrats to the Niners. You'll yep. be playing some January football. Beyond that, we got the Cowboys owning the tiebreaker over Philadelphia based on having one more win in the NFC East than the Eagles. The Lions, uh, despite their loss, still a three. The Buccaneers, the four. Now look at the wild cards there. Five Eagles, six Vikings, Packers still seven. Tough loss. But we got two teams in the alive section all the way at the end. Off <laughs> we go. We were talking NFL draft with these teams last yeah, week. You're right. Oh, Giants and Bears still alive with big wins. Uh, that was really fun last night in New York. <laughs> is the way the Giants won that game is the reason why we put a live column in the first You're right. Place. You're right. So You're like, right. That is it because it's not lurking. It truly embodies They're everything. Alive. They're alive. They're alive on December 12th. Uh, Tommy DeVito looked great last night, and he is a presence for this Giants team. <laughs> uh, the players are buying in. The teammates, Dable, was, looked ecstatic. And the things that Dable said to him before the final drive, Peter, it was a fantastic <laughs> finish. Yeah, so they asked Dable. We don't have the sound. They asked Dable after the game, like, were you confident that Tommy DeVito can do that at the end and having not had the NFL experience of leading a team to a game-winning drive? Dable said, oh, with Tommy, you don't have to worry about that. That's nothing. There's a couple of plays we like and go out there and rip that son of a B-I-T-C-H. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Dave. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Just rip it, dude. Sure. And Dave, it, it, yes, the, the, the agent, Sean Stellato, who we've had at this table multiple times, like we can talk and we will. Ooh. And the father and the kissing and the, the tailgate for 400 people where they're having chicken cutlets. It's great. Like, it's fun. It's great. Good for business. Good for business. <laughs> the football's pretty good, too. <laughs> DeVito went 17-21 for 160, a touchdown, and he ran the ball for 71 yards, which Jason's going to talk about extensively. But, like, they look like a competent team, and the fans are loving it. Uh, this is a blast to have in New York. I, Kyle, we've talked about Linsanity quite a bit in comparing mm. this. It's a little different in that, like, Jeremy Lin was, like, hardcore focused and it wasn't a joke to him. Like, it feels like DeVito's in on it. Like, also, like, Lin was a Harvard man. Yeah, like, like this, a man he, of letters. Yeah, like, it's just, it was erudite. And, like, this is a guy who's from Jersey. Yes, you know? and, like, and his family's leaning in and he's leaning in and he openly says, like, it's good for business. Guess what? It might have been just a cup of coffee. Let's get as much as we can while we're on the field. This guy's going to have an NFL career. He's fantastic. This, this is awesome. Uh, they're 5-8. and eight. Long shot, but they are alive, and this thing is pretty cool to have in December when I think all of us were saying giant season was over in uh, Thanksgiving. It's pretty great. I drive by Don Pasco on the way to work, yeah. and I thought they were going to be roping it off this morning. To be they honest. should be. They should be just like traffic. <laughs> people are going to be going by, seeing the picture of the house that Tommy DeVito built. Not really. People were at Don Bosco a lot longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Long time. But uh, unbelievable story. It's crazy to think he came back and won that game because that last drive by Jordan Love and the Packers, you're like, my goodness, the Packers are going to win this football game despite how rough it was early on for them, especially for Jordan Love. As you're watching that game last night, he just didn't have it. And they had been on such a tear. And it was just throws where it was just off. It wasn't that there was a ton of pressure in his face or guys weren't getting open. There was some throws, one to the outside, one where it was just like, wow, that's just high or it's too low. Whatever the case, it would be. Matt LaFleur, after the game, said he didn't see this letdown coming. They weren't good enough in any phase of the game, which was surprising because of how well they had played and how much was on the line for them and their playoff hopes. He had one where Kayvon Thibodeau ripped it away from him. We saw that interception. And still they found a way to hang tough, but then also for them, defensively, just they couldn't stop the run with Saquon Barkley and Tommy DeVito being able to run the ball all over them. And 
the Giants' defense just made it tough for anything for the Packers to do. And some of that is the way they've taken the ball away throughout this winning streak for the New York Giants. There was a time we were talking about Brian Dable and his job security and everything that was going on. And here they are on a winning streak. And with Wink Martindale on the defensive side of the ball and people saying him and Dable, forget about all of that. It might have worked. Having that out there might have worked, Jason. No doubt about it. Sometimes adversity builds something within a team. 12 takeaways in their last three games, and they're finding ways to win late in the season. There are a lot of opinions about how much uh, Taylor Swift has shown during Chiefs games. Mm-hmm. There are people who think it's too much. Like, I need more DeVitos. <laughs> do you? Let, let, yes, I do. And I'll tell you why. Jason, you just ran a highlight on the show. Yeah. Little TV talk here. We have different iterations of our highlight packages. There's the long version, the short mm-hmm. version, the one play, two play. What was that? The short? Short. All right. The sh- in the short highlight, the DeVito family showed up four times. Th- uh, Brian Dable showed up one time. <laughs> And then when we went to the after sound of the press conference, the DeVito family was back five times in the short highlight, and it's not enough for me. It's so entertaining. I actually want them to do something generational. I almost want, like, the DeVito cast. Yeah. Like, I want them permanently on the screen. Listen, it just brings up, like, every single impression of Italian-Americans that you've ever seen. Like, I am at, like, Henry and Karen's wedding <laughs> when Paulie is walking around saying every guy was named Peter or Paul and every woman was named Marie. Yeah. It's just so fun to look at because, you know, Taylor Swift's a pop star, but you can see her anywhere you want. This is really the only time you can see this crew, and it's just it's just every Sopranos that. reference and every Gabagool mention, and it's all so fun, and there's kissing, <laughs> kissing of the agents, kissing of this, and kissing back from the agents. You have to kiss back and forth. Uh, Peter mentioned it. The agent's name, remind me. Sean Stellato. Sean Stellato, he came in here, and yeah. Jamie and I were the only regulars who were here that <laughs> it day. It was the day of the draft, day three. Day it was three. awesome. And we're like, we, we, you know, he's going to go, and whatever. They were so excited. And like, they came in here, and there was like three or four of them, and they, they all appeared to be brothers, and I don't think they are. <laughs> and it was just a lot of chains and suits, and they, they were so nice and so excited about Tommy DeVito. But it was like, we get a lot of representatives up in yes. here. And, like, yeah. th- and then we get those guys. So memorable. Totally different. In <laughs> so memorable. You, what do you remember? I remember. <laughs> it was awesome. I remember Tommy DeVito sitting in that chair, which means you were displaced over here. And about 30 seconds, again, inside TV talk, 30 seconds where we're like, okay, sit down, please, Tommy. We want to yep. talk to you. They're over in that corner of the studio with his agent taking a selfie video. Yeah. Hey, it's me and Tommy. We're here awesome. at Good Morning Football on the day three of the NFL draft. And we're going to see where Tommy's going to go today. It's going to be great. Let's get this guy to a team. And it was like, you got, we're doing TV in 15 seconds. Sit back yeah. down, please. It was awesome. Can you do me a favor, Kyle? Can you do the treatment for Tommy yeah. DeVito? Because you, so you gave the Lincoln Tunnel. Love I mean, look, if, look how much you love it. I mean, Peter, you were in the 15, if I'm not mistaken. Jeff Hostetler. number. On. You got this. And then, like, you love that. Yep. You love a little bit of the blood drip and the uh-huh. toughness and the bicep and the giants, the old school. It's it's all just a it's perfect great. blend. Uh-huh. And he, I mean, he couldn't look more Italian if he was throwing a red shell at a Koopa Troopa. Like it is so so perfect. I love that. Thank man. you. I would I would imagine um, our guy Stilato, who I've not gotten a text from yet this morning, but we have our ongoing text throughout the Stilato. Sean Stilato. I imagine you'll be seeing Sean Stilato. On this network, on other networks, on there, will, network. there will be a media tour for Sean Stellato, right. and I'm the, here uh, for it. Tyson Bajan's arm wrestling father <laughs> yes. ran, walked, so Tom Stellato could that walk. That guy didn't do the media tour. Do Remember, we, need, we couldn't get a hold I of him after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Do, we need, do we need agents on media tour? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to that guy. Good for business, sorry, sorry Jason. All right. Good for business. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the show now, a three-time Super Bowl champion and our NFL Network front office analyst, Mr. Scott Piola. What's going on, Scott? What's going on, Scott? Well, I know was watching those games last night. Scott, three-game winning streak. Absolutely. <laughs> DeVito Magic. <laughs> Is there a chance that maybe this isn't just the 2023 thing and maybe we look at this thing as a quarterback of the future in New York? How would you look at it as a front office executive in the way this market has just completely embraced Tommy D? Yeah, well, they've embraced him because of his play, Peter. And if you're in front office and you're a head coach, you know, we never like to see players get hurt. But what we do know is with every player that gets hurt, there's opportunity. So the next four weeks, Tommy's played. He's 3-1 and one right now in the starts. He has four more games. He's got the Saints. He's got the Eagles twice. And then he's got the Rams. You're going to be able to get a tremendous evaluation on the player to see if he is the quarterback of the future. Here's what we've seen so far. The game has slowed down a little bit for him. As I watched this game last night and a couple of other ones, what you see progressing is his feel for the pocket, his feel for the speed of the game. He made a couple of runs yesterday. He had 71 yards rushing last night, but he made a couple of runs and made moves inside the pocket and stepped up in the pocket because he was feeling things around him. He understood the timing of what was going on. You're seeing progress. He's not turning the ball over. He's gone the last three starts without throwing an interception. He's making a tremendous amount of progress. Brian Dayball loves it. He knows how to develop quarterbacks. So, yes, there's a serious chance that he could be the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. That's incredible. Just an incredible conversation to be having right now, Scott. And I love you right in the middle of it. Here's a fascinating one. Justin Fields. This situation is complicated. Mm. The Bears have won two straight. He is playing well. He has the obvious chemistry with DJ Moore. Meanwhile, the Bears are almost definitely going to have the first overall pick in the draft. What do they do, Scott? It's a very talented draft class coming out at quarterback and other positions, and he is finishing his third year. I don't know what to do. What would you do? Kyle, as a leadership group, these are the kind of problems that you absolutely love to have. The beautiful part is there's so much time right now and a lot of time to figure things out. You know, we just talked about Tommy DeVito and how many games he has left. Justin Fields has four more games left this season to prove what he is and how he's going to help the Bears in the future. But as you sit there and you're the Chicago Bears, you're looking at a starting quarterback that's one more year under contract. Next year, he has a cap number of only $6 million. So what you can do is you could pick another quarterback if you like, or you can move from number one down to number two, number three, move backwards a little bit, collect more picks, more currency. They have so many opportunities and options right now. Or if they don't want to take a quarterback at number one, they could drop back, remain in the top five, and still take a quarterback. With Justin Fields' recent injury history and the way that he plays the game, he puts himself in peril. There's no problem with having another good quarterback on the roster, especially when you have a quarterback in Justin Fields who could be traded has the right cap number to be traded, and also the option in 2025. There's so much that you can do and have an opportunity to maneuver around the board. The Bears are going to be in control of this draft. 
Scott, here's a situation an organization doesn't want to be in, suffering so many injuries that you have to look outside your house mm. for a quarterback midway through the season. And that's what the Cleveland Browns had to do when they went out and signed Joe Flacco. They just took down the Jaguars last week, and he's looked great in his two starts at quarterback. In this season full of quarterback backup situations, did Cleveland unearthing Joe Flacco's potential? Is that the most consequential signing we've seen? Jamie, I, I want to say this first of all. The job that Andrew Berry and his personnel staff and then Kevin Stefanski in terms of his staff getting Joe Flacco ready, one group of people found him, brought him in, the other, te- the other group has developed him. My biggest concern right now is that Joe Flacco, as we know, we see quarterbacks do a very good job for two games. We're talking about a quarterback, though, that's going to be 39 years old. In these first two weeks, in these first two games he's played, one was eh, the other one was a very good job against the Jacksonville Jaguars this past weekend. When you have a 39-year-old quarterback coming off of fresh legs, these hits are going to start to accumulate. His body's going to be, feel a lot different in week four, which it is uh, him on the roster right now. So it's going to be interesting. He may be a very important player. Here's what Joe Flacco needs to do. He needs to make sure he doesn't lose the game because when you have the best or arguably, arguably the best defense in the National Football League as a quarterback, you have a real good chance to make a run. Scott, um, we're enjoying this whole Tommy DeVito thing, and I would say that, okay, they're telling me this camera, that camera. All right, thanks. What do you got in DeVito? <laughs> uh, I see it. The agent, the agent, Sean Stellato, made a lot of news last night. You worked with all these agents for years. Do you have any relationship with Sean Stellato? Can you tell us a little bit about Sean, knowing that uh, as a GM, I'm sure he's crossed your path? Yeah, I, I got to meet Sean. Sean's from Salem, Massachusetts, actually, and he played for the uh, Marist Red Foxes. People don't know this about Sean, but Sean was a terrific athlete, actually. He was a great, he won a state championship in basketball, went to a Super Bowl in high school, uh, you know, playing in high school football, then played football at Marist and played a cup, had a cup of coffee two seasons in the Arena League. Um, Sean's someone I got to know because he spent a lot of time around our Patriot players, and he was a very active player. I know some people get put off by Sean's style, but here's what I'll say about Sean's style. He's a hustler. He works his butt off. He does a terrific job for his players. Again, stylistically, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, yeah, I've known Sean for years and years. I'll say this, you know, in a couple of days on the 15th, Sean, as I've heard, is actually being inducted into the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. There's a little, there, there's yes. a little stat awesome. for you, Jason, that I know yep. you didn't yes. know. <laughs> Please tell me, Scott. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. I I am panicking to find someone because, like, that is amazing that I would recognize, but that might be the first one that we know going in. Great. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's fun. Uh, I just didn't like he called me old at the beginning of the game. So, uh, you know, it, it, it let a fire in me a little bit, so... Um, it was fun. Called you a what? Oh. Oh, oh first possession? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so don't do that. Don't call the 33-year-old Stephon Gilmore old yeah. because he had nine tackles and a forced fumble on the 26-year-old A.J. Brown. Wide receivers, just don't, don't poke the bear. Sure. <laughs> don't poke the bear. Jason's allowed to do it because you're both old, but yeah. uh, you, can't, you can't do it yourself. It got us thinking, though, anything that you have been told that you are too old for, Jason, that gets you really fired up? I'm kind of upset that you just called yeah. me well, You, you, not, you use it freely with the people, huh. and I just figure yeah. that's why. What do you why. think? I'm young. For me, it comes from younger generation. It comes from my kids. They're at the age now where they go to school, they learn different things. They come home and they find out about dances that are kind of old, but they've just learned about it. And they look at me and they're like, Dad, there's no way you can jerk or you can get sturdy or whatever it is that the kids are saying. And they challenge me and they say that I'm too old to do these things. (laughs) It fires me up. So then in the household, I start dancing and show them how to do these things. Mm. The gritty, the whole nine, because my kids, they're, uh, they don't have any rhythm. They, uh, they don't. I get it. I don't I believe it. that. Oh, is, is it? Well, yeah? Okay. Mom. All right. Oh, um, interesting. I, uh, I hang out with my son quite a bit, and I've been hanging out with his friends a little bit, and they make a lot of poop jokes. Sure. sure. All they day. They love it. Uh, all day. The word duty, the word puke, the word poop. It's all... all. And I'm just loving it. And my wife will pull me aside and be like, you can't, you can't talk about duty all day. And I'm like, awesome. I think it's funny. It is funny. I think it's funny. It funny. So it's to my wife saying, yeah, if, if me, Oscar, and Mel want to talk about poop, we can. <laughs> I'll set you up with a joke. Like, why did the chicken cross the road? And it'll be like, because he pooped. Yeah, and you're that's like, I, that's better than the original joke. That's a good joke. joke. <laughs> I, I, I run into a problem now where I, I get crushes on these new phrases and terms that come up. And yeah. normally I know to avoid them. But I saw one recently that <laughs> I really like. This thing with Riz. Oh, yeah. All right, so it's the Oxford word of the year or whatever, the dictionary. Yep. And I, was, I saw Timothy Chalamet was just descri- describing Andrew. Tom Holland as a Riz king. Riz God. Riz God. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the Riz. And yeah. it, it means like... Um, Slider, like your, like charm. yeah, but it's also about attracting yes. people, yeah. ability, it's, it's ability it's to sexiness. Yeah. So like, now well, you can have Riz, but then you can be a Riz king, and then Peter's saying there's a Riz oh, god. Some Riz yeah. gods. I haven't used it in conversation yet. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm just gonna. It on I'm gonna try side. to go out on a first date with Riz. I like Riz. <laughs> All right. It's, it's double Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have it, but I like. You it. might have it. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the third hour. Maybe <laughs> in the third hour. Um, it was alarming to find out that I'm going to give birth to my third child at a geriatric age. I didn't like that. I'm going to be 35. And oh, like, my geriatric. God. Is that what they label it? Why? Yeah. Why? Why does that term exist? Ah, like geriatric. It. You called me old. Geriatric. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.